This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. Trust is in short supply in America as divides continue to erode our faith in a collective community. Ahead, we'll hear from Dr. Jonathan Zimmerman, author of Who's America? Culture Wars in the Public Schools. How have you seen an erosion of trust among Americans play out in the past few years? Well, you know, I think it's been in every institution. I think we felt that erosion most acutely in the scientific realm. That story and more coming up this West Virginia Morning. Support for West Virginia Morning is proudly provided by Luke Frazier. During his recent visit to the state's capital, Senator Joe Manchin said the two-party political system could be America's downfall. Manchin did not reveal his political intentions for 2024, but hinted at the idea of possible retirement, a run for re-election to the Senate, and even a presidential campaign in 2024, possibly as an independent candidate. During his multi-day stop, which included a visit to a metal stamping plant in Charleston, the moderate Democrat expressed growing frustration with the polarized U.S. two-party system. Manchin's visit also included an Amtrak station renovated with infrastructure funds he helped secure. He told reporters he was getting closer to a 2024 decision, indicating he'll make an announcement before the end of the year. The Joint Standing Committee on Economic Development and Tourism met Sunday to discuss potential legislation for the 2024 regular session aimed at changing laws regulating alcohol and food service. The first possible alcohol reform legislation targets farm wineries and vineyards. The bill would restrict the regulations that localities are able to place on winemakers. It would also ease restrictions statewide on food service at vineyards or farm wineries. The new legislation, if voted on and passed during the 2024 legislative session, would revise existing law with new legislation similar to Virginia and Maryland's law affecting vineyards and wineries. The other proposed bill would reform alcohol permitting and licensing for fairs, festivals, and private outdoor designated areas, it would include a provision that allows for, allows for a sharing of a concurrent alcohol license at such events. A nonprofit provider of pop-up clinics will deliver free dental, vision, and medical care to those in need in Charleston. Emily Rice has more. Remote Area Medical, or RAM, collaborated with West Virginia HealthRight to set up a free two-day clinic, October 21st through October 22nd. RAM works on a community host group model, meaning a local group reaches out to their organization for a visit, but must provide support to the nonprofit during the duration of their stay. Angela Settle is the CEO of West Virginia HealthRight, based in Charleston, West Virginia. West Virginia HealthRight serves the underserved you know, it's a free and charitable clinic every day, 365 days a year. You know, this is basically doing that on steroids, you know, over two days. And we, you know, have to get all the volunteers, raise all the money to, to support it, you know, to, to pay for the rooms for their staff, to feed all the volunteers, you know, things like security and porta potties and all that kind of stuff. Um, we're 
we're responsible for doing as a community host partner. This is not the first time West Virginia HealthRight has teamed up with RAM to provide health care to those in need. The first clinic was set up in Elkins after the 2016 flood. The next year it moved to the Bible Center School just because it's a nice, you know, bigger location and kind of more central to southern West Virginia. Um, and we stayed there and had one every year. I can't tell you how many. I don't know, so probably seven or eight. According to RAM Clinic Coordinator Brad Hutchins, their model works well in West Virginia because it meets patients where they are, literally and figuratively. All services are free and no ID is required. Because honestly, it, it doesn't matter, it's, at least not to, not to us. Um, if a patient comes in and they have a need, um, if we have the capacity to serve them, that's what we're there to do. That's what the volunteers sign up for. Um, so ultimately we just, we just come and dedicate, um, that amount of time to see as many patients as that time allows. Due to time constraints, patients of the RAM clinic should be prepared to choose between dental and vision services. RAM, we see that, you know, we, we're not the solution, of course, but we are, um, we are a resource that's able to bridge the gaps and bring, uh, you know, needed vision, medical, or dental services to these to these areas that are underserved. Services available at the Free Ram Clinic include dental cleanings, fillings, extractions, and X-rays. Services also include eye exams, eyeglass prescriptions, eyeglasses made on site, women's health exams, and general medical exams. Starting January 1st, 2014, West Virginia expanded Medicaid under the Affordable Care Act. Under the expanded eligibility guidelines, adults aged 19 to 64 are eligible for Medicaid with a household income of up to 138% of the poverty level. For a single adult in 2023, that amounts to $20,120 in total annual income. Settle praised West Virginia's expansion of Medicaid, but said there are still a lot of people out there in need who cannot qualify. Because, you know, there's a lot of working poor, and when I, I mean that lovingly, that people are out here working every day, but they maybe make too much for Medicaid, but they don't qualify, you know, or the benefits that they qualify for are too pricey. Medicaid enrollment in West Virginia is up 80 percent since 2013, but is expected to continue to decline as disenrollments continue after a three-year pause for the COVID-19 pandemic. During the COVID-19 pandemic, benefits were expanded and restrictions loosened to help immediate needs across the country. Now those benefits have run out. People are, you know, deciding between health care and the basic necessities, you know, like food, utilities, etc., so we, we want to be instrumental in removing that. We want to make sure that people have access to health care. An integral part of continuing health care is follow-up appointments. Hutchins says West Virginia HealthRight will help with care plans. And she provides, you know, her organization there uh, provides a lot of support, um, not only throughout the planning um, and execution, but also uh, they have a big hand in the follow-up care process as well. So we don't actually provide any services that we can't first align a follow-up care uh, plan for uh, because, of course, it benefits no one for us to come in and identify an issue with a patient without, you know, without offering some type of solution. Settle said HealthRight aims to be a source of resources and information to the public it serves.
Well, we don't want to be a dead end. You know, if somebody finds out that they have an issue that day, we want to certainly, you know, be a follow-up source for them where they can come to and, and get that rectified. It's not enough to just see them that one day. We want to make sure people have, you know, follow-up care. For Appalachia Health News, I'm Emily Rice in Charleston. Appalachia Health News is a project of West Virginia Public Broadcasting with support from Charleston Area Medical Center and Marshall Health. This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. It's 752. Mostly cloudy skies today with scattered rain, highs in the 40s and 50s. Tonight, a chance of rain, lows in the 40s. Mostly cloudy skies tomorrow with still a chance of rain, highs in the 40s and 50s. Support for WVPB is provided by the West Virginia State Treasurer's Office with the SMART 529 program. Recognizing West Virginia's teachers through the Above and Beyond Project. More at WVTreasury.com. Trust is in short supply in America as divides continue to erode our faith in a collective community. People distrust each other as well as our government and institutions. This week, Us and Them host Trey Kay hosts a discussion focused on our trust in science. One of his guests is Dr. Jonathan Zimmerman, an education historian from the University of Pittsburgh or Pennsylvania. He's author of Who's America? Culture Wars in the Public Schools. How have you seen an erosion of trust among Americans play out in the past few years? Well, you know, I think it's been in every institution, not just scientific ones. I think we felt that erosion most acutely in the scientific realm. But I think if you look at the data, you see an erosion of trust in universities, in media institutions, in businesses. I think it's across the political realm. I think really because of COVID, we're feeling it most acutely in the scientific realm. But I don't think I don't think this is unique to science. What is that acute state and how we are experiencing that from the COVID well, you know, I think, uh, pandemic? I think, I think the, the acute state is, is a skepticism bordering on cynicism about expert authority. Um, that's really what this comes down to. So, you know, um, uh, the 20th century, really modernization, brought with it the rise of expert authority in all sorts of different realms. And experts, by the way, are not gods. They're not perfect. Okay. Um, uh, but they do know some things that non-experts don't. And I think that for most of the 20th century, we credited experts in ways we don't now. Um, uh, and I think that there are many causes for that. But I think that uh, especially since 2016, I think the data are pretty clear that experts from every realm are held in not just much more skepticism, but often outright disdain. I mean, when you have a governor of a state suggesting that, um, uh, you know, that Dr. Fauci uh, uh, should be thrown into a lake or I forget the language that he used, but we've never had 
a time in our modern political history where we've had political leaders vilifying experts like we do now. As a historian, have you seen any other time in American history where trust in society has been in such short supply? I haven't. I mean, look, let's be clear. There's always been skepticism of experts and indeed of scientific experts in this society. So you think about the anti-evolution battles of the 1920s, or you think about the anti-fluoridation campaigns during the Cold War. You see a lot of skepticism about science and scientific authority. Um, I think in some ways that's baked into the United States precisely because we're so democratic with a small d. So Richard Hofstadter wrote a book in the early 60s called Anti-Intellectualism in American Life, which sold millions of copies and won the Pulitzer Prize and is seeing something of a renaissance right now because what Hofstadter said was that intellectuals will always be held in disdain in the United States because we're such a democratic culture. And intellectualism and science are not democratic fundamentally in the sense that some claims are above other claims. And some claims have more authority, not simply because more people like them, which is the democratic way, but because they're actually true scientifically. Um, uh, that there's data that, that supports that, right? Exactly. That, that, science is not done via vote. That's not a right. credit. Like, so when we were deciding what should be in the COVID vaccine, we didn't submit that to a vote. The reason is most people, including myself, wouldn't have anything interesting to say. We shouldn't vote on the content of the COVID vaccine because we don't know enough about COVID or vaccines. So in that sense, science is fundamentally undemocratic. Now, it can and should be harnessed to the democratic will, but that's different, right? And so I think Hofstadter's point was that there's a certain kind of skepticism about scientific authority that I think is baked into the United States uh, because the United States has been so small d democratic. But Trey, to take your initial question, I think that that anti-scientific spirit has become heightened in recent years in ways we've never seen. So I, I'd say that the skepticism isn't new, but the volume is. That's really what I mean, the volume of the skepticism. Jonathan Zimmerman is one of Trey Kay's guests for this conversation about trust in science. The event is Thursday, October 19th at 4 p.m. in the atrium of Marshall University's Drinko Library. The event is co-sponsored by Marshall University's John Deaver Drinko Academy, the West Virginia Humanities Council, and the West and West Virginia Public Broadcasting, the broadcasting home of us and them. For more information, visit us at wvpublic.org. West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from Shepherd University. West Virginia Morning is produced with help from Bill Lynch, Brianna Heaney, Caroline McGregor, Chris Schultz, Curtis Tate, Emily Rice, Eric Douglas, Liz McCormick, and Randy Yowie. Caroline McGregor is our assistant news director, and she produced today's show. I'm your host, Teresa Wills. This is West Virginia Morning.